Welcome back to 9to5Photographer, the podcast to help you get more shoots, make more money and spend more time doing the things you love. And today's episode is perfect if you've started your own photography business, maybe shooting weddings in the local golf club, but you'd like to shoot at the Savoy or the Lanesborough or some of those other pretty sexy five-star venues in London. David Christopher isn't just a wedding photographer, he does some corporate work too. But he's going to talk in this episode about how to build a business, the importance of taking on staff and building a team, and also some of the things he does when he's not shooting for his clients. This is one of those episodes where we just kind of talk and leave it on record. It's great fun. David is such a nice bloke and he's very open and honest about his business and his feelings too. So let's get into it and hear from the man himself, David Christopher. David, thank you for coming onto the show. How are you doing today? I'm very well, thank you, Simon. It's been a good day. Had a day off yesterday, so back to the office, really busy, just trying to catch up. And um, it's one of those days where you start to realise how much you have to actually do and try to achieve, and the list just goes on and on. <laughs> Tell me about some of those things then that makes a good day. <sighs> a good day for me? Um, so I work a lot with lists. So I work with um, a programme called Trello, and I just set myself daily tasks and monthly tasks. Mm-hmm. And I try to get... Um, the list complete by the end of the day but I think Ooh, it's most, hard. Of the, most of the time I'm probably 50% and then mm. it carry then you just simply carry it over to the next day so I, th- um, I think if you're doing 50% that's probably better than most of us <laughs> I hope so <laughs> but yeah it's um so everything from calls with planners to new leads processing images just a variety of things how do you find when it comes to using lists the way that some people complain that the the lists end up driving them just to tick off different tasks and sort of takes their focus away from the bigger picture? I think that's true. I think what I like to do, I'm, I'm like most photographers, we're totally visual people. So, mm. and I've always found like spider diagrams. We call oh, yeah. them obviously mind maps now. We're older, mm. but <laughs> spider <laughs> diagrams creative visuals like on a big like open kind of space that helps me so I have that for my yearly goals which is really big and complex and de- quite quite deep and mm-hmm. then I from that I will create the list on like a weekly list um to monthly list and so they work kind of alongside one another but the creative one is more like my bigger ambitions and the smaller ones are my smaller tasks complete things but you're right some things do get pushed aside like your website or big other things and I think really to challenge and get over that you just need to probably come in on a weekend (laughs) and Mm. work work a seven day week to get on top of everything um (laughs) or just work later if if your big tasks keep getting pushed back I think you just have to set some time and work through the night if if that's possible to get everything achieved it's not easy though is it no no work like balance I think for self-employed is very challenging Mm. Now, David, I'm really looking forward to hearing all about the world of wedding photography through your eyes, but also how some photographers like you might be using Instagram effectively. But before we come on to that, can you just tell us a little bit, um, give us a bit of a snapshot of your life, uh, sort of where you are, where you're living uh, in the world, what your life uh, stage is right now? So life stages. So I'm actually about to be a dad. So that's huge, uh, a huge life change, I'm sure. When you say Um, about to, how long until... Just just, uh, just a few weeks. Wow, okay. So that's obviously going to be very life-changing. Simon, you know all about that. Yeah, you have no idea how much life-changing <laughs> is coming your way. <laughs> um, and I'm at a stage where the business is growing really well. I'm, at, I'm very excited with everything. And I think it's at 
I don't know. It's hard to say. I think every stage of your business is as interesting as the next. Um, mm. But I just feel that it's slightly more established now and I'm a lot more focused in what I want to achieve each year. Okay. And you're married, are you? Yes, I am married. Married three years. So just had my anniversary, which was amazing. Okay, uh, congratulations. Well, not quite not quite like the usual anniversary of celebrating, but we went to uh, Virginia Waters and we just were surrounded by nature, which was beautiful. Very and um, that's something I, we, me and my wife like to do in our spare time, just kind of reconnect and calm, go, go a bit more slowly. And I live in Berkshire, sorry, at the moment. I used to live in South East London and we, and we moved recently. Oh, where in Berkshire do you live? So we, my office is in uh, Wokingham. And home? Is home near the office as well? Home is only 15 minutes away, yeah. And, so I'm just being nosy now, your wedding, <laughs> where, where did that take place? I'm just thinking that people listening to this will be wedding photographers. So yes. where did your wedding take place? So my wedding took place at uh, Watton House in Dorking, a beautiful country manor uh, venue. Nice. Okay, excellent. And like, I mean, I could get into details about that, but it just, like all my um, brides and brides-to-be and, uh, you know, brides and grooms, it's, I think, what resonates with you in your venue, what connects with you and, like, having certain things to look out for. Mm. You know, does mm. it have um, a place where to cover you when it rains? Is it is it got some nice inside, outside, all those things, you know. Mm. I'm always thinking from a photography point of view. <laughs> so who photographed your wedding then, if you don't mind me asking? No problem at all. I My wedding photographer was a man called Sean Gannon. You probably know of him. Well, you might not know of him, but he was very established when he was working in the wedding industry. He's now actually gone into headshots, but I think he was doing it 10, 20 years. Um, okay. And I just felt very comfortable with him. Um, many years ago, I actually went on a training course with him and he actually started passing me his bookings as he started to wind down. And I think that's the important thing with picking your photography. You just need to feel comfortable and really believe that they're going to take care of you on the day. Hmm. Okay, so let's take a little look at wedding photography because I know that you do wedding photography, but is that all the, the photography that you do? Does that fill your diary? So initially we, just a little bit of a backstory, initially we photographed everything from corporate to family to weddings. And then for the last kind of um, nine, ten years, we've mainly focused with weddings. But we still have a couple of corporate clients and commercial clients such as Pokemon, PepsiCo, and some financial companies like ICAP, where we do headshots and events. And the events side of it is so similar to a wedding, just a different aesthetic. Um, so, you know, that all of that fell totally by word of mouth. And we don't advertise it as much, but we do have a separate website called dcastudio.com, which mm -hmm. is our corporate and branding um, photography. So brands wanting to, you know, anything from making dresses to making candles, um, all those kind of things. Sorry, Sam. Right. You okay there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Okay. Just had, right. just had someone cleaning outside the door and it totally <laughs> threw me. Um, Shall I that's start fine. again with that? <laughs> no, that's fine. We'll leave it in. It's okay. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, one of the things you said was we. Is that Does that mean that your wife and you both yes. work on this together? So every, every question you ask... Uh, I think of something new to say, which is relates to why. So <laughs> I, when I, when we first started photographing, I quickly realized this whole business would be better suited if there was more than one of you. Mm -hmm. um, for example, weddings, the pressures of two, like two of you can help. So yeah, mm -hmm. me and my wife, she is a director and she runs 
all the marketing and social media, mm-hmm. but she also has had an input in the last um, 10 years in terms of like helping me uh, the direction of the company and having like ears to listen to ideas and like share. Mm. I come up with so many ideas. They're not all good. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I need someone to help home me, you know, um, what kind of ideas have you come up with that were bad ideas then? Oh, I don't know. Every type of photography idea you could think of. I, I won't bore you. I won't bore the audience. But um, you know, it's just it's just nice to bounce ideas off someone creative. She has a creative background herself. She had a degree mm-hmm. in fashion and textiles, so she knows about the fashion industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's been she was marketing for five years before she joined the company officially. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is an angle we have something which really helps our business, mm-hmm. and we have. Um, there's actually eight of us total. So that's me, my wife, associate photographers. We've just signed a contract today with our first um, senior photographer, which will photograph some weddings on our behalf under the brand, which okay. is obviously a huge step um, mm. and a lot of trust. But we've had a lot of calls with, with the new photographer. Um, and we have two full-time editors, but... Obviously, with COVID, we've only had one half on because it's not been as busy. So how do you feel then about branching out in that way and having other people represent your brand? That's a big step, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's a big, scary step. And I think I was put off for it, from it for a while. And I tried this a few years ago and it didn't work. And I think when things don't work, you're probably just consciously not ready for it because you've got to let go a, a lot. But like if a good client comes for example when they book you're booked and then they'll book your other photographer you might think oh i really want to do that wedding but you simply can't be free on all the same dates Hmm. um the reason why i've gone in this direction is because i love the nurturing aspect of the business and i love business as well and i like the fact training a team is a lot of hard work and compassion and trust but I like the exciting opportunities that brings. And obviously for the last 10 years, I've, I've been so dedicated to growing this company that I've missed out on, obviously, as you can imagine, like so many photographers listening on so many family events and really amazing occasions because you're always putting the job first. So mm-hmm. I like the idea of growing a really wonderful family where you trust. And obviously things might go wrong sometimes with, you know, growing your team, but I'm happy to take that risk for the reward it will bring and and growing a company bigger than my own kind of dreams and imagination. Mm. Without wanting to sound condescending at all, I think you're taking exactly the right right approach. Uh, I used to photograph weddings myself. And I remember one time coming home from a wedding in the middle of summer and my children were really excited because uh, grandma and grandpa had been over and grandpa had taught my eldest daughter how to ride a bike that day. Oh, wow. And so she was really excited that she was riding a bike. And one half of me was super excited for that. The other half of me was just desperately gutted that I'd missed yeah. this. And I, and I remember thinking of to course. myself, I, I'm her dad. You know, I, I should be the one that's showing her this. It's the reality of it, isn't it? And mm. I think I missed uh, my niece's birthday about three times and all kinds of things. I remember You do remember... Th- things that you miss i remember my nan was once who's passed now was at um my sister's house gathering and all the family were there and i was at a wedding which was i was loving my day at the wedding Mm. like you know you're dedicated and you when you're in the zone you're in the zone you're not really missing anything but you know you've missed that day afterwards and before and Mm. i think you're always going to 
have your certain weekends booked with weddings and that's that and you can't really plan your year that that well and even <laughs> this year even this year it's busy but I just think I totally am at the stage of my life where I just feel I want to grow this business and grow the team and I've always had a second photographer almost as as um long as I can remember because I think there's so much in calming your anxiety down when your team members with you all day and i think that's Mm. something a lot of photographers suffer from is anxiety is that something you suffered from when you're shooting weddings in the early days absolutely yeah in the in the early ones i think i i didn't used to sleep before wedding that's how that's how kind of nervous excited adrenaline but now it's like a fine tuned machine and i'm just very calm with the approach but i think when you care so much about something and and your customers and your business it's it's norm it's a normal part I think, but there's mm. ways of overcoming it. How many weddings do you think you shot so far then? Oof. I remember when it was around two hundred and fifty. I, I don't so ten years. We officially started the business in two thousand and twelve, but okay. that's just like a year from ten. But we would before that I was still doing wedding photography. I just wasn't registered with the accountant. Mm. So, you know, mm. I officially start date is two thousand twelve. It just dips and dives into how many I shoot a year. I don't mm. like to do volume anymore. I mm-hmm. probably won't shoot 30 weddings anymore a year. I'll shoot mm. less, um, maybe 25, maybe 20, maybe mm. less than that even, maybe 18. Mm. But like, I just try to give my customers more time now per mm-hmm. job mm. and grow other parts of the business. Okay, well, let's just jump back for a second to before 2012. Tell me a little bit about what some of your first jobs were and then how you managed to slide yourself into photography. So... I got into photography, this is my hippie travel story, um, <laughs> when I was about, <laughs> most people have one, don't they? <laughs> I was about um, 20 years old, I remember, because when mm-hmm. I came back, it was my 21st. And I was always obsessed with Asia, like China, Chinese culture, Japanese culture, um, Tibet, Thailand, all those Far East imagine, you know, places which um, made me excited. So I went to those I had my trap, my gap year or something, well, not quite a year. It was about four months, three and a half months. Mm-hmm. And I think my mum bought me my first Canon EOS 400D, something like some small little Canon SLR with a really bad kit lens. And I was on my own most of that trip. And I remember I was in China for two months and I really traveled like in trains. We went to Tibet and I fell in love with photography then and mm-hmm. it was. Comp- I didn't really know if I was going to like it or not. I didn't really have any agenda or purpose to it at that point, which is fun. I think that's the most exciting time in life when you're totally free to explore without kind of an agenda. I think you're more creative, and it's. I think that's what we're all trying to get back to as as business owners and photographers. Mm-hmm. It's that freedom of like being in the moment on your job. Um, but I found like everyone starts off shooting landscapes. That's what exactly what I was doing. I was shooting like the mountains and the beautiful skies and trying to, um, make the water look like it was all smooth, you know, all those, Mm. all those techniques. Mm -hmm. And then I realized that I was quite bored of that quite quickly. And I loved people and Mm. I loved the interaction between me and getting like reportage, but having a bit of interaction with your reptile subjects as well so it had like a laughing natural look and I just realized I was good with people and people responded well to me and I thought look how relaxed they are I don't even know these people they're all strangers but I was getting such a I'll have to share some of these images one day but um Mm. 
so that, that's when I fell in love with it. And then I went and did my degree in something totally different, which was computer animation, okay. uh, which is another a big subject. But I've always been interested in drawing and painting. And I used to draw better than I could speak when I was little. So okay. I, thought I, was, I thought I was going to be an artist. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I found photography as my art because I think in about halfway through year, second year of uni before third year, I started to, again, bring my camera out with my friends and events. And I just thought, this is what feels natural to me. I saw a wedding photographer work once and I thought I can do that. And then I started to try to um, kind of make my vision come true. Was the artistic side something that your parents encouraged you into or were they cautious about that at all? No, absolutely. My mum is the type of person who always says you can do whatever you want in life. You can be whatever you want in life. I think she probably felt more comfortable with me being in an office because I did work in an office before I went traveling for about nine months to save up and I I did well in that and again I was I was thinking yeah I could do this as well but it just wasn't for me and um my dad was in the financial industry his whole life but he was also a painter and he used to paint as a hobby mm-hmm. and my mum used to draw as well so we do have a slight creative family definitely do you think either of them and this is me asking you to speak on their behalf do you think either of them regret in any way not going into it as a as a field but keeping it to a hobby yeah i i think everyone to a point has uh, life regrets and i think that's i've read a lot of books about like entrepreneurs and things and i think um a famous line is from sorry it sounds funny to bring him up but arnold schwarzenegger and he mm. says don't have a plan b in life because when you have a plan b your energy uh, detracts from plan a but it's a very true point and people don't know that arnie is actually uh, an entrepreneur through and through way before mm. he was an actor mm. and i think that point is just typical of society people like parents my parents and everyone will say you should have a backup if you're an actor you need something to fall back on but if you really want to go for it you need to be totally and consciously focused on your plan a to get to it so i think they probably do have some regrets but it's very hard to to kind of risk it all, isn't it? And I mm. think, if, and I was lucky that my parents, like I'll be honest, I was lucky that uh, my parents supported me, and I lived at home before I, you know, before I eventually moved out, like everyone does. Um, but you know, some people don't have those situations and are kind of on their own a little bit earlier. So I don't think it's the same route for everyone. I think everyone has a different upbringing. Some are super privileged, some are middle class. I think you deal with the cards that are handed to you. But yeah, I think people definitely have regrets not following their dreams. David, I'd love to talk about Instagram a little bit because I know that sure. you're that you're, uh, you're able to use Instagram in an effective way. And I also know yes. that a lot of photographers tend to post photos uh, to Instagram. You know, th- that's kind of almost the limit of how they use Instagram. You know, they go and photograph a wedding and then they might put a picture up from the wedding but what are some of the things that photographers should be doing to up their game on instagram so i'm getting instagram up while i talk to you just to good idea refresh (laughs) (laughs) but so i think instagram is so deep and i had a bit of a wake-up call and again i I like to be honest with everything i remember once i did a fashion show in london i think it was the mandarin oriental it was a berta bridal show and i remember meeting the marketing director of Berta, who is a really like, obviously they're a big brand. They have one point something million followers and they created like, they made um, 
wedding sexy and glamorous that's how they that's what their dresses are and they're very for like the millennial and gen z and they're kind of the modern bridal look that's just a little backstory but mm. i remember the guy there and their marketing is absolutely on another level we've got eight thousand followers they've got over a million <laughs> um, <laughs> right <laughs> but yeah so i remember him and their engagement is ridiculous and they're just innovative but i remember I, i'm always willing to listen and learn and he said to me there's two photographers here, David. I really like you. So he's basically saying, I've got on with you more, but mm-hmm. your Instagram sucks. <laughs> right. <laughs> and at that point, we had like, I was just running it terribly. I think I had about 50 images on there. And right. I just thought, what the hell are you playing at? And mm. I just, it just, you know, like some moments, like you need to be almost like embarrassed to do well and up your game. Mm. When I saw that, I thought, right, I'm going to take it seriously. And we started to post more. First of all, like, you know, you're just learning the basics of doing hashtags and things like that. But then as time went on, I started to invest. So I paid someone, I invested in it for them to post on my behalf so I could just get the volume up. There's so much benefits because we get so many inquiries through Instagram. And then my wife eventually took over it and she would she has a very clear vision and she goes as far as making the colors sync so like each color will connect to the next and things like that she sees it as one huge yeah Mm. and but before her i did it i managed it for years and i think i got it to about three and a half four thousand on my own um now it's at eight thousand which is is still relatively small but um when i was doing it purely on my own without any help I just started to interact and just kind of show off what you've done because people can be too conservative, I think, with Instagram. Mm -hmm. And it is like, it's your window to your audience of what you've been doing and what you're up to. And we try to encourage ourselves to put a few more pictures of me so it has some more personality in the team because people don't know about that we have a team because we still don't post enough pictures of them. Um, But also, like, the shoots that you do, it's the content that's important. I think instagram the competition is so high that Mm -hmm. it does force you to up your game and if you do an editorial fashion style shoot you must be confident that it's as good as your competition and as good as the people you're inspired by the actual fashion designers rather than just maybe local photographers and things like that so we Mm. we try to take a very editorial very professional um look to our instagram and really carefully pick each image like we've obviously shot thousands we've got thousands of images but we we still put relatively little in comparison to our volume and you mentioned about you know starting off doing the basics like hashtags and stuff like that i'm going to bet that there's a number of photographers listening to this right now who don't attach any hashtags at all to their images tell us a little bit about what sort of strategies they should be using and adopting for their hashtags there's so much information out there regarding hashtags you can you can get specific tools to help you pick the right hashtags and it tells you the kind of engagement you will get so i think Mm. anyone listening about hashtags start doing your research it's all out there and then just dedicating time because you know effort is um useless without being consistent and i think instagram is one of those things it requires consistency and i'm no expert on algorithms but i know instagram has an algorithm and it wants you to be on it it wants you to for example if you post a picture and you know you're scheduling it for say 7 p.m i know for a fact that at 7 p.m you should set aside half an hour to reply to your comments because the algorithm of instagram will respond more positively 
when you're interacting straight away because that's what it wants. It wants 24-7 engagement from you, mm. which you obviously mm. can't do, but you can be mindful of when you're posting and things like that. There's, mm. also, there's also apps out there to help you plan your posting, which is totally legal. Um, you know, it's not against Instagram rules or anything. So just, it's a powerful tool, but try to minimize the time you're on it and make it as um, productive the time you're on as possible. Mm. Do you think that all photographers should be engaging someone else to manage their Instagram for them if they're not very like, uh, tech savvy? It's, it's really difficult because it, I'm in two minds. You're giving up part of your brand, aren't you? Because it's really, you, if, if it's someone you really trust and like, obviously my wife is totally invested. So the trust is there. Mm. But if you're working with someone who really knows your company, I think it's totally fine. Obviously, all big labels and companies have people managing their Instagram. Mm. As long as your personality doesn't fall away. And the thing is, when I say if someone's managing it, obviously, I, I don't mean just completely freely managing it. You're going to have to dedicate time per day to help that person manage it, which will still be less time than you doing all of it. But mm-hmm. it still requires hours and hours. Um, of help but I think it's worth it I think most people will either have one strong platform either their website Instagram or Facebook we used to be Facebook and then we kind of drifted away from it I barely even use it now Um, we just mirror Instagram to Facebook and then the website I do get inquiries still from the website but like many people we we really need to update (laughs) our website (laughs) Um, I've got a bit too into Instagram so that's another you know another kettle of fish and is one of the reasons why you use Instagram now instead of Facebook, is, is that a reflection of your brides being more likely to be on Instagram instead of Facebook themselves? Yeah, do you know what? Like, if we, I'm just remembering, I'm just going on it now. If we do a star shoot or something, I will always ask, one of the questions when I'm, um, like, having a conversation with a new inquiry is I'll say politely, oh, how did you find us? And they'll often say, oh, I saw you tagged on a photo. And then you'll realise that, the people you interact with, such as planners, hairstylists, venues, they are all marketing for you and you're marketing for one another by just simply posting. And then as that's why it's so important to try to kindly ask people to tag you on things because it's your it's almost like your link back to how they find you. We don't solely get inquiries through Instagram. We get it through referrals and the website and Insta. So like kind of three ways, I think. David, you just mentioned uh, style shoot. Now, some photographers... Yes might not even know what a style shoot is. And I'm going to guess that a lot of photographers don't engage in style shoots. Tell sure. us a little bit about why you do them and what benefits they bring to everyone involved in them. So style shoots for us are like a no rule, absolutely beautiful way of demonstrating your skills as a photographer with the most expensive, gorgeous fashion, couture dresses, beautiful model, absolutely gorgeous locations. So it's there to inspire like, um, for example, you're watching a James Bond film, you see something crazy, like crazy set that you think, oh my God, I'd love to be there. Mm. That's what we do with star shoots, but they have obviously a purpose relating to weddings. And we want to say to brides, we can shoot you like this. And we want to take elements, not all of it like that, because a wedding is obviously a natural event and you can't just pose the couple nonstop. It's not a photo shoot, but we like to bring a fashion editorial element from our star shoots into weddings. And that's something which is totally merging with us, which we love. We're mm. getting brides who are looking at our star shoots and they're booking us basically because they've seen fashion content and they want to have some of that editorial glamour in their weddings. But also it's a great way of making connections with say planners you might want to work with, 
new um, stylist you might want to work with. And also, if you're smart, you can potentially become a preferred supplier. Um, mm. So I'd say do everything with an agenda and a consciousness and be open about what you want. And, you know, we're lucky now that we're at a place where with style shoots, I can actually charge for a lot of the time for our editing because it's a cost and people are quite okay with that with us. And also, I generally now only do style shoots for a new collaboration with a new planner or a venue might want to work with me and have our photography for their new brochures in an exchange. And sometimes we get paid for them as well. For example, if a venue might want new um, table set up because of COVID has changed in their opening rooms, hmm. we do take we do take actual bookings on like that as well. So there's a mixture. So we do style shoots, but we also do like new collections for people and their paid jobs. So, but they look similar sometimes because we might, do, for example, do a fashion editorial collection for victoria percival there'll mm-hmm. be a she'll pay for the model and she'll pay for my services and we'll create a look so sometimes on the instagram it's hard to tell which is which but a style shoot is generally more with a big table set up details as as many details as there are model shots if that right. makes sense and then there's a much bigger team involved yeah i think they're amazing i encourage people to do it but mm-hmm. i think make sure you have a balance between real weddings real brides and style shoots um, mm. Obviously, because of COVID, it might look a little bit um, <laughs> lopsided at the moment for most people, but that's okay. <laughs> you know, obviously, our client is at the heart of everything we do. So let's just go back a little bit to the time when you were growing your business, maybe around the 2012 yeah. sort of mark. Yeah. What marketing techniques did you embrace in order to grow your business? So I remember when it started, I can really remember how tough it was, how <laughs> brutal it was. Mm-hmm. I can say the word brutal, how long. I had to spend like, I remember when I first started going out with Annie around the time and she hardly saw me because I was like so obsessed with trying to grow this company to a point. I had a vision, I had a goal Um, and I, my, my process was so natural and organic and I think most photographers probably are and I did my first wedding um, was my cousin's wedding. I think I got paid hundred pounds mm-hmm. <laughs> um and it was family and i remember i took it really seriously and my neighbor was a photographer all his life and i went mm-hmm. for some tips and he was very old school and he told me to buy this lens which eventually i, I got rid of but it helped at the time <laughs> and I, you know i just i just took it seriously i looked at other people's work which is a good thing for anyone to do I looked at, um, you know, the group shots, the couple shots. I broke it down. I even used to turn up to weddings with, like, mood board printed. So when I used to go to the bride's room, I didn't show her. I thought, right, I'm going to do this, this, and this. I'm going to do five shots, right, um, which, yeah. which will be really strong. And then when I do the ceremony tables and details, I'm going to make sure I get these angles. So I, like, literally blueprinted it until it got into my mind. Now I can turn up to a wedding without – it's obviously all there. I've done so many Hmm. But I still will say to the couple, um, you know, what's important. And anyway, I'm diverging a little bit. Let's get back to how I started. So um, (laughs) I just started saying I'm a wedding photographer. I made a website. Uh, I made a Facebook page and Instagram. I started telling everyone around me that I, what I was doing mm-hmm. at a restaurant walking in the street I was a walking talking uh, <laughs> sales wedding photographer here I am book me kind mm-hmm. of guy um, and it paid off and I, it was all about volume and reputation at the beginning I wanted mm-hmm. to get as many as I could so mm-hmm. it would be my 
only income and I didn't have to take a second job. That's not like me anyway. I just, um, I'm totally all in when I'm going for something. Hmm. And then over years, it was, you know, it wasn't an instant process. Over years, I started to get reputation and respect and I always wanted to beat my last job. So Hmm. I was totally competitive with myself. I would look at inspirational um, photographers around the world. Mm-hmm. And I came across a company in America and California who were doing weddings in a very, very big way. Mm. And I started to really scrutinize how they did blog layouts, how they laid out their images on their weddings. I started to look at their team was like, I remember it was like five and now it's about 30 or 50. It's crazy. But I thought, wow, you can scale weddings up. But obviously you can't scale weddings up quickly. It takes a long, like you have to be ready for it. And mm. you can't just think I'm going to scale weddings up. There's so much I think you need to learn. And I think I realized that. That's why I'm only just slowly doing it now at a mm. comfortable pace. And then I used to photograph at venues like golf clubs and all kinds of things like that for a while. And I think I've got my one of my lucky breaks through photographing. I think one of my sister's friends saw that I did wedding photography and liked some of it. And she was a lawyer. Um, and I was starting to get, this was starting to go into more, um, luxury market and they mm-hmm. were starting to get married at five stars. So it quickly, it felt like it was a quick jump, but it probably was a few years. Mm-hmm. Um, but the progression was per year. It was totally different. If you looked at my first weddings one year, then the next, they were always totally stronger and better because I was just pushing myself so hard. Um, and once I started to get into the lawyers weddings, which were like four star, sometimes five star, I started to have a different portfolio. And then I started to get rid of the others because I only wanted to attract those types of weddings. And then I invested in um, luxury events and things like that. Like, I don't know if you've heard of Bride Lux. I've heard of Bride Lux, yeah. But give us a little summary of what Bride Lux is just for people that don't know it. For people who don't know, Bride Lux are a luxury wedding event. Can you call them events company? Mm-hmm. Probably not doing the best job. Um, I won't tell them, don't worry. They they give brands a platform to showcase your skills in a very luxury environment, such as Mandarin, the Savoy, and it puts you in front of luxury brides. So kind of that was another big jump. And I think as a business owner, you have to invest. Invest in the right places, what feels right to you, you know. Make some risks, it's okay. Because it's hard to level up without kind of going for things at some point. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. So what? It might not work. It might work. I think just go for things in life and push yourself. Do things that make you feel uncomfortable. Because, you know, feeling comfortable is dangerous. (laughs) (laughs) I think we all know that. And that's the same when someone works in a company for too long. Hmm. So you told me then about how you grew things. Um, Yes. Then, of course, we get to 2020 when I imagine growth kind of came to a, a rapid stop. Um, tell me a little bit about how the, the COVID era affected your business and how you managed to survive through it. Do you know what? The COVID era, when it first kicked off, like everybody, I'm such an optimist that I was like convinced that it was only going to last a few months or, or a month. I was totally convinced. I was not listening to anybody. Um, that's kind of my mindset of persevering, not letting negativity come in and things like that. As it started to settle in, I like everyone, I could, my clients were really nervous and they were postponing and I was like, okay. But I didn't have that many cancellations. I still had a few. The way I coped with it, I, like everyone, I think I had moments of doubts thinking, God, do I need to go get another job? 
I think I even Googled at one point, but then I just thought, no, that's plan B. I'm not doing that. I was thinking, what can I do? Can I just start training photography? And then that passed by. And then I thought, right, I'm going to rely on the fact that I've got hundreds of beautiful images that have not seen the light of day, which are all wedding related. Hmm. And I was like, let's have a total strategy of marketing in showing the very best of our work because this is not going to last forever and I want all my audience to remember who we are and to see all of our work and our wedding so when we get back to normal times we are not forgotten which is a true point because people can you know if you've gone quiet for nine months that's that's hard for your business to bounce Mm. back and I think everyone at that time really saw what they were made out of and it was tough I had to just dig really deep And I just wanted to stay inspired. I actually started jogging, which I used to hate. And it got me feeling stronger, like I can battle this, (laughs) you know. Mm, mm. Um, I tried to still relax and have a drink, you know, just not work, be a workaholic. But I woke up every day, early morning, starting the day like I was like things were normal. And actually, a testament to that, it was obviously hard. And look, I'll be open and honest to everyone listening. We lost, um, I think, around 75% of our book it, like profits, um, like most companies, and some lost even more. It wasn't normal, but I still managed last year to take 27 bookings on. And mm. that was because during the times when we were allowed, I adapted my prices. I worked with planners. I said, "Let's, what can we do? They worked with me. We made like a COVID package of a few hours and and some was even an hour and a half. And I took like ceremony weddings for only like three hours and we did a shoot around London. So when we were permitted, I just made sure I was still getting booked and we did. And luckily, we still got deposits for new weddings because we weren't, I don't know, that was difficult to do, but I think we weren't creating a kind of hysteria and panic. And a lot of my clients didn't panic and cancel. Only a few, and some of them aren't even getting married now. So that's totally understandable. Mm -hmm. Um, And some I've lost because I'm booked on their new date and they cancelled at the time. I was about to ask you that. Yeah, yeah, how you manage that. That's happened. Well, luckily, one of them, our team is doing. And we've just but we've just got a new photographer. um, But do they feel like that's a bit of a step down from the person that they did book? You know what? They they were really okay with it. So I think I did think, I would have loved to this. They're just such a lovely couple. I'd love to have done their wedding, but I feel like they feel safe. The fact that I'm still managing everything, the editing, the processing, the training, it's all my responsibility and I've got to handle that. And I've got to make sure my photographers who work on my behalf know exactly what I want them to know. So it's a lot of, it's hundreds of hours of training, but if you want to grow the team, that's that's what's expected. But COVID was obviously super hard. I carried on trying to stay inspired, read books about, I think I was reading a book about Alan Sugar and how he started his company, but which was great because he started in a time where he was just in a council estate. And it, I, I feel like that was the test of entrepreneurship, COVID. Mm. And COVID was an awful thing. And obviously people lost their lives and it wasn't, I don't want to act like it's business opportunity or anything like that. I'm just saying that running a business is full of ups and downs and and mm. that you just have to maybe diversify and what did we do differently we started well we moved area we we opened a photography studio which is totally different something I've always wanted to do we mm-hmm. can get booking soon so it's just you know changing a little bit and and really thinking if something like that happens again am I going to be ready for it next time 
So there's always that one year could make you the strongest your business has ever been, as long as you learn from what happened. Awesome. That's inspiring to hear that, David. It really is. I hope so. <laughs> it was, yeah, I think like everyone, it was a super tough time, but I think we've come out stronger. I think, you know, and if people felt like they wasted time at all, I think it's not too late. Every day's a new day and you can learn and go forward. So never regret too much in life, I think. Did Annie share your approach in how to handle that sort of situation? I think Annie totally believes in me and my ability. I'd say that. I think she's more logical than me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so she might take a more logical approach on how things are going to play out. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel, and I feel many people listening will feel the same, when you're really pushed and you have a confidence and a true belief in what you're going to do and what you can achieve, there's something there that says, yeah, you can get through this. And I think we all have that. But you need to just let that be and kind of, I think rest is a big part of staying focused. You know, you, you mm. can burn out. I've definitely burned out a few times in, in this business. And so I always advise, don't ever feel bad taking a day a week, time off. Just do what you need to do to keep going. And I always advise growing a team because I think from the lowest to the highest of kind of markets, weddings are always a lot of pressure, no matter if you're doing mm. a tiny wedding or elaborate wedding you need someone there photographing with you i think i just want to talk about a couple of things for fun i'd love to know david three things that you're into right now that are nothing at all to do with photography ah okay well i've started (laughs) not that fun but i started doing weight training which i find really relaxing blimey so you started running last year and you're weight training this year just mildly mildly pull up (laughs) some weight training very slowly nothing crazy um is this something you've done before or is this a new thing completely uh, new? no i i did i've done martial arts throughout my life i haven't done that for a while because okay. all the clubs are closed and i've just not been very into it um so i think i totally believe mental mental strength keeps your uh you know sorry physical exercise makes you mentally strong and you need a balance with that so yeah it's not something i've done too much of i've always played around with but i'm not again i'm not gonna i'm not i'm just starting so i find it fun though the last couple of months i've done that okay all right that's one thing give me two other things okay other things right i'm into this doesn't sound that exciting i i like cooking to relax and having a glass of whiskey that's all right i like cooking what kind of whiskey do you like what's that glenn i don't even know what it's called glenn Glenfiddich. yeah Glenfiddich. <laughs> that's the one i'm not a big drinker as you can tell someone bought me that i'm not a whiskey uh, connoisseur but yeah i like a strong drink vodka whiskey spirits spirits with ice and yeah i just i find cooking absolutely a really creative way of relaxing and like spices and flavors is quite has a lot of depth to it and i just i find that soothing and i love cooking meats of some sorts yeah so kind of far eastern cooking maybe something like that yeah lots of asian dishes from china spicy dishes <laughs> okay so we've got two things there what what would you say is number three number three what else do i do for fun i it's not see i'm sound like an old boring guy i go for walks <laughs> i love i love going for walks just to <laughs> you can say you can go for walks that's just fine to, just to relax i like going for walks and just i leave my phone at home and i just okay. embrace the sound of nature the birds and the bees and just chill out david we need to bring this to a close in a minute but where can people go to find out more about david christopher you can go on our website Mm -hmm. our instagram is probably the best place because we put a lot of time into our posts and we write a lot in there in the Mm -hmm. caption so 
be sure to check out some of the captions. Okay. What's the Instagram account? Instagram account is David C Photography. David C Photography. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's good. That's good. And then the website, what is that? David Christopher hyphen. I'm going to check it out myself now. David Christopher. <laughs> this is your website, David. <laughs> hyphen photography.co.uk. I thought I'd better double check. Um, it's still got some lovely homepage images, despite me saying it needs to be updated. Okay. Um, All right. That's good. I, I'm very proud of the website. It's, it's had a lot of a lot of work over the years into it. Well, David, it's been really good talking to you. Thank you so much for your time and thank you for coming here today. Absolute pleasure. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And thank you, Simon. And that was David Christopher, a person who doesn't mind being open and honest. I hope you got a lot from that. And David, thank you for your time and for coming onto the show. I really appreciate it. Don't forget to find David online. Go to Instagram and search up David C Photography or visit davidchristopher-photography.co.uk. Actually, just Google David Christopher Photography and you'll find him straight away that way. Now, if you're listening to this and you haven't subscribed yet, then go do that because then you'll receive a small notification the next time an episode is released and it just means that you won't miss it. But that's next week. Thank you for listening to this week's episode and we'll see you next time. Have a totally great week and bye for now.